You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you've obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas, on Monday night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to week 15 of the Wingfoot Locks of this 2020 season. Things are getting weird, as evidenced by last week. Greg Coyle ready to get a little weird uh, as we make our week 15 picks, Greg. Uh, we talked a little bit about our week 14, or 13, I should say, and how good it was. Uh, week 14, not not as good. Not so much. No. What happened? Maybe, maybe, maybe a little uh, hubris, but uh, my you, you asked for my theme of this week. We're on to week 15. We're on to week 15, as Bill Belichick likes to say. I like it. You know, I, I got to say, I, I We're did on to feel, week 15. All right, I'm going to say this. You spoke your piece. I'm going to say mine. I'm going to say that uh, one, uh, six and two overall in our head-to-head matchup. So I'm leaning on that after last week. Uh, two, I'm disappointed that you didn't bring a paper bag, uh, which was talked about. Uh, but I, I agree that, that we'll give you one more week here. But if you go over from now on, I think there needs to be a rule on the pod that <laughs> you, you got to wear a paper bag if you put up an, a, an egg. I, I decided to do the exact opposite. Instead of be self-deprecating, I went with some self-respect, got a little shower, got a nice beard trim, did did the hair, right? So we're, we're, we're dressing and grooming for success here. We're not going to put ourselves down with any paper bags over our heads. Fair so, enough. So in the words one, of every- one, one bad week doesn't make a handicapper. All right. From one real coach to one uh, fictional coach, in your words here, I'm hearing clear uh, clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Right. No, notice the it's, it's hilarious <laughs> oh, that wow. you mentioned that. No, no, no booze. We can't clear eyes. I so love it's, it. it's funny because I was down in the fridge. Thinking about grabbing something, I was like, nah, your eyes full hearts. All right. Listen, all of the problems this week will be technical with Greg's e-machine that he uh, had to blow the dust off of uh, in order to get get on this week. So uh, the picks, though, will be spot on. So let's get started here. This week, the league is all over the place. We got our first slate of Saturday games. Looking ahead to Christmas, we got a Friday game next week and then three more Saturday games. So we're going to start with the Saturday picks here. So pay attention. We're recording a little bit earlier tonight for that reason. Saturday, there's two matchups right now. The uh, Carolina Panthers taking on the Green Bay Packers and the game that we want to talk about to start here, the Denver Broncos hosting the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Broncos are coming off a win against the aforementioned Packer, uh, excuse me, Panthers, and the Bills are coming off a win that everybody saw in prime time against the Steelers, who are, are we, we, we liked the Bills last week. The Steelers were in a bad spot. They've lost two in a row now here. Um, I don't, Greg, am I the only one who has a pick on this one? Yep. All right. Yep, so, but I didn't disagree with it Okay. At all. So I have a, a theme this week. I'm going with losers this week. And when I say losers, I mean teams that have been losing this season. Uh, the Denver Broncos obviously have a losing record. 
Um, but in this spot, I like them a lot, and here's why. First of all, as I just said, the Bills came off Monday, uh, Sunday night football. They were in prime time, so everybody got to see them look good. That game against the Steelers was really never in doubt um, in the second half. When you fast forward to the Denver Broncos now this week, this is the perfect trap game for the Bills. They have the New England Patriots next week, and they have to travel to Mile High Stadium, which is not an easy place to go play on the road. Right now the line is at 5.5 most places, uh, some fives out there as well. Obviously you want the 5.5 if you're going to go with uh, the Broncos. Here's the thing. I think that the Broncos' defense has been stout in most games this season. I think that you heard a couple weeks ago, against the Saints in that game where they had no quarterback, some people were saying on that team that the good thing that came out of it was that this team came together, right? They have rallied around each other, and for whatever reason, that seemed to be the unifying event because, hell, we're going to go out there and give it everything we got when we got a wide receiver playing quarterback for us. It brought the guys together. It was their formative moment. They have played better football since, I think. And um, I think that this week with the Bills having to just get out of there with a win. I think this game is close. I think this game lends itself to the under. And for that reason, I say take the 5.5 with the Broncos. I also like sprinkling some money on the under, which I saw last at 49 uh, in this one, Greg. So I I don't understand. I, I get that all of the respect that the Bills offense is getting, but I think people are missing how depleted – Pittsburgh was, right? And just how bad that spot was for Pittsburgh. Obviously, we talked about Bud Dupree. TJ Watt got banged up and had to come out for a while in the second half of that one. They weren't able to get pressure on Josh Allen. And in their secondary, Stephon Diggs just basically tore him apart, uh, did anything he wanted there. I don't think that's going to be the case in Denver. And for that reason, I think this one, and, and that outlier, that score against the Panthers last week was an outlier for Dem- Denver's offense. Uh, they've been playing lower scoring games. I think that they come back down to earth a little bit here. Um, so I'm going with like maybe 24-21 field goal game either way. Take the points. Uh, so I'll preface my comment uh, by saying this is not a personal attack. Oh, it's okay. Uh, and with all, with, with all due respect, if you're going with losers, Drew Locke's a great way to start. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a, it's a nice way. It's like, uh, he's like Baker Mayfield light. Um, it's just, it's just funny because did you see him like a walk around with swag when he, when he was scoring touchdowns last week, it's just a, a such a drew lock thing to do. He was probably <laughs> rapping on the sidelines and, um, yet all those times where he's not doing well, he's just like this big on the field. He's the tiniest little man. So right. I don't know. He's just not it, uh, right? But I, I like it. Good situation, just like uh, Buffalo situation. Who do they have next week? They've got another big game yeah, next week. I New think England, it's, um, I said. It's New England. I think it's New England, yep. yep. Yeah, so it's, it's a big sandwich spot. So um, huge win against Pittsburgh, big division game next week. This is, you know, get in, get out, and let's get home. And don't don't 
lose sight of the fact that this is a Saturday game when you just played the Sunday night game, right? Their game is at 4.30, yeah. so, and that's, you know, that's even when you're West Coast time. You, by the time they get out there, you're, you're like, losing a whole bunch of time. And Denver was home, Denver was home last week, and they're home again. Uh, I just that think it lends itself so well right now. Um, this is a terrible spot for the Bills that I would, I'm playing against them. I, I think somehow the Bills this season, because of the season they've had, they get out of here with the win. Um, but I just think that it doesn't they, – they don't cover in this one. All right, so that's the only loser that I'm going with on Saturday. The real big losers are coming on Sunday, and, and I'm going to save the biggest loser <laughs> of all for last. Uh, but before we get there, I'll, 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 I'll sprinkle this one in here. The Baltimore Ravens, Greg, let's talk about this. You said you didn't even see it. Coming off a miracle on Monday night, okay? This team – had Trace McSorley at quarterback, and on fourth down, third down play, I should say, third and five, he gets injured. Lamar Jackson is cramping somewhere in the locker room, right? He's not even on the field. During the injury timeout, Lamar Jackson runs out of the locker room straight onto the field. They were going to have to use a running back or a, or a wide receiver for that fourth down and five play. And throws a bomb to Hollywood Brown, who couldn't catch anything that night. It was, I think it was his only, might have been his only catch of the night. He had like three drops earlier in the game. And all of a sudden, they miraculously combined. Now you think the game's over, right? Because this is Cleveland. What does Cleveland do? They come back down the field and score and leave like, I think there were 50 seconds or, or maybe... Uh, a minute and two. They got the ball with like a minute and 50. They scored in 40 seconds, I believe. Scored the touchdown to go ahead. And they give the ball back to Baltimore. And sure. So now I'm sitting there at three and a half. I'm like, this is fine. There's not enough time. to. They can't possibly come back and score a touchdown. Lamar Jackson gets them into field goal range. They kick the field goal. And then the play, the, the, the bad beat of the year happens with... The Cleveland How Browns. How many seconds? Two seconds. When were left did they on the receive clock. the kickoff? So two seconds. Oh, so they get the touchback. Touchback. They didn't even touch the ball. Two seconds. They get the ball at the twenty-five yard line. I believe I, I went back and counted. I think it was seven laterals, the last of which went about ten or fifteen yards thrown backwards into their own end zone. It's like they forgot what they were doing. They just got excited to throw the ball around and forgot that they actually had to try and get upfield. That's they get a safety on the play, and uh, and and such is life. That happens. You you got to give one back. Um, so they win by five. But they, I say that to say the Ravens gave everything they had. They gave everything they had in that game against the Browns, and they have been doing things with glue and bubble gum and piecing things together between COVID and injuries. That secondary looked atrocious. They couldn't cover anybody. Uh, on that field last night. And I know Cleveland has been solid this year, but let's not forget that this, outside of last week, obviously, which was a tough spot for them, this Jacksonville team has been competitive. And I think that this is just too many points. Two touchdowns is too many points to give up against this Baltimore team that needs to get this win, is focused on just, just win. Get that win and get out. And I can totally see them playing that way in this one um, because they have a couple big games coming up. And I say hold your nose this week 
and take the two touchdowns with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, listen, I'm going to wait on this because I think the line's going to go up, right? I think the line's going up. Um, and you're getting the Jaguars off a bad spot. Obviously, they didn't look good against the uh, Titans in that loss. Um, but, but you know, did just enough. Their offense was still competent. Um, and which, by the way, in that one, 14 points still would have been a push. So I'm going, I'm holding my nose, and I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Have fun, buddy. <laughs> Any thoughts? I, all, 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 all I'm going to say is the rundown of what happened. I didn't even know what it was. Like, I never really, in a game that's close like it was, I will never, like, put it off, especially when I have action. And I had a bunch of action, but it had already hit. I had two teases. Or, no, I had the straight bet over, and I had a tease the back end over. So I went to bed. I was like, you know what? I'm going to win money, uh, so I'm going to go to bed. I don't think my little heart could have dealt with such an end of the game, even though I would have ended up winning, which I did. I, I Just the anxiety, man. I, I think I'm, I'm not here if I watched the end of that, that game on Monday. I would have just been too stressed out. Well, then I'm glad you didn't, but also I don't know how you do what you do then on, on your Sunday activities because it's stressful all the time. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, I just I, yeah, I need a little need a little rest there on Monday night. So give the old ticker a little break. Not for the lungs. That one was for the heart, as they say. Yeah, I think I I think I mentioned to Chris. I'm like, man, how do you go to bed with a game with action? But I think <laughs> yeah, this is this, this is why you pick overs, right? right? The only the only bet that can hit, and you can just go to sleep. Yeah, Greg, take the Vikings game. Got it. All right. So we're going uh, and I'll do my first half here because uh, Joe and I actually have an interesting uh, situation that's coming up here. I'm going to I'm going to step up to the plate again and go against Joe. But um, really just something fishy, something really stinks about uh, the line on this. Um, and I think I'm getting a ton of value here with the Vikings. I think that Tampa game last week. They don't know who's kicking yet this week, but if Dan Bailey, heck, if he can just make two of three field goals, that's a much closer game against Tampa last week. So I was against Tampa, or I'm sorry, the Vikings two weeks ago on the Jags, Joe's Joe's boys. Last week I was with the Vikings against uh, Tampa and just a bevy of just ridiculous stuff. What that, that offensive PI at the end of the half, like, what the hell is that? That never gets called. I think that was a little ridiculous as I well. I agree with that. Uh, and, um, and then we have the Vikings. Six and a half was the look-ahead line for this game. Were you, you aware of that, Joe? Uh, yeah, I saw it. So you're, you're, you're taking the Bears juggernaut win against the hapless um, Texans. And I think the Texans might have had the Denver Broncos quarterbacks that they were throwing passes to because everyone was just out. Um, and so they get all of this elevated. They get three and a half points of elevation here from that win. And then the Vikings loss on the road against Tampa. That's way too much to a key number of three. I'm grabbing the three. You you said it's it's moderately square. I got like 58% of the um, general population on it with me. I'll take it because it's just too much value. Not This is going to have – the winner of this has got a, a chance for the playoffs. The 
losers packing up for the season, right? So quite frankly, I kind of want to play against whoever loses this game next week. I'm going to want to play against them. Um, but I really like the Vikings this week. So you just said that that was a big part of why I like the underdog in this spot, right? Is because this to me has all the feel of a playoff game with both teams right vying for a playoff spot they have to win this game and and it's lose and, and go home and it's a division game which these two teams know each other well now they played a, a little while ago on monday night football and the bears looked absolutely inept right um it was a different game the bears offense i should say looked absolutely inept they were holding the minnesota vikings to nothing until akeem hicks went out and got injured in that game and then they were able to, Dalvin Cook was able to run all over them, and that opened things up late in the game. Hicks is healthy for this one. Khalil Mack is supposed to play. Flip the script, the Vikings will be without their middle linebacker, Kendricks, who is is the, the quarterback of that defense there. Um, and I think that's a huge loss for them. Um, also, I think the fact that the, the Viking, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the Bears have looked competent on offense with Mitchell Trubisky. You hear how, how lightly I have to tread when I say that? Go ahead. I know you're going to bring up their opponents. Go ahead. Who, who they, yeah, who, who they buy. And my question is, who are the Vikings? I agree with you, but who are the Vikings, especially on defense, right? I don't think that the Vikings' defense is very good. And also, I believe Montgomery, the running back, um, for the Bears was out for that first matchup, and they were using Cordero Patterson um, as their running back for the majority of that game. And and I think the running game has looked a little bit better since Montgomery's return for them as well. So yes, I agree with you. Um, no Eric Kendricks. Um, the fact that I think this is a playoff game for their lives, I think, is going to make it close. I think that the Bears have already shown that they can shut down the Vikings' offense, and I think that the Bear, the Bears' offense is in a better spot for this game than they were uh, for that Monday night football game. And as you said, both of these teams are still in playoff contention, and that is the, the most mind-blowing part of it for me because both of these teams are so flawed. Um, I just think that they're going to do enough to limit Dalvin Cook, and I think when you do that, it makes it very difficult for the Vikings to succeed, as we saw last week down in Tampa. So we will go head-to-head yet again. I'll take the three points with the Bears. You can lay the three with the Vikings, and uh, we'll see where everything comes out in the wash. Go ahead. So let me just say from an educational standpoint – the way that I'm going to play it is money line. Uh, so it's still a head-to-head bet. But okay. just heeding what you're talking about and going back and looking, they eked out that win. Um, what was it against Carolina? They eked that out. You mean the Vikings, yes. Ago. Yeah, where they had the two. Yep, the, yep. The- yep. Yeah, and and I'm just and and you know where I'm going, but I'm going to say it right because one of the things with with Minnesota lately is their offense has been turnover prone, right? And and I think the Bears are a, a defensive team ready to exploit that this week. Um, and you know, I I yeah, think well, I mean, good 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 numbers are our boy cousin cousins at home Sunday one o'clock game. So I know. That's, I know. That's, it's a little cherry on top. A little cherry. Absolutely. So, well, 
Right, we're, right now, it's 163 on the money line. So I, I like it. A uh, little, little steep. Well, that means that means the money line is getting is getting played, right there. If you're laying 163, that means that they're they're taking some action on it. So you're okay. not alone. you're not alone on that one. All right, the next game is the the game of the week. I think, Greg, did you feel compelled to pick this because it is, in fact, the game of the week? Uh, the Kansas City no, Chiefs I... <laughs> taking on the New Orleans Saints. This one down in the Big Easy. Drew Brees announced today making his return uh, for Nolens. Coming off uh, a rack of ribs that were busted. Um, by the way, I, I busted a rack of ribs last weekend. That was pretty delicious. Hometown barbecue. Check it out if you're in Brooklyn because, man, they were good. Brisket and, and ribs. I'm sorry. Drew Brees', Drew Brees ribs just got me going and thinking about them, and I'm salivating now um, because they were so good. Anyway, his ribs, uh, we'll see if they're healed up as he takes back uh, the reins from Taysom Hill, and they take on Patrick Mahomes and the juggernaut that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, who failed to cover last week. A little backdoor action by Miami there, mounting a, uh, a charge down the stretch. So, you like KC, say lay the points in this one. Right now it's at three. Why do you like them? Yeah, I, I really think that last week was their their stinker, right? So, like, it took the back door, right? But I was texting with you at the beginning of that game. They were just giving the ball away. Right. And then they still came back and put up a nice um, effort there. You know what? Um, you, you know what that reminded me of, in all seriousness, when that was happening? It reminded me of the, uh, the playoff game. Yes. The playoff game against the Houston Texans last year, where even though the Texans jumped out to that big lead, I really wasn't scared uh, or didn't think that the, right. the Kansas City offense, at least, was going to do its part. Um, and sure enough, they just they just exploded there. So. Yeah, well, and I can't help but think, you know, a little, little bit of rust here with the, the ribs as well. Um, Kansas City's got a ton to play for here. So, like, New Orleans just lost themselves um, first place um, in the NFC, right? And for the AFC side of things, KC needs to continue to win here to keep that. I think they've got the tiebreaker on the Steelers. So they could stand to lose a game or two here, but I'm just not impressed by what I'm seeing from uh, the the Saints here. I, I was on them last week, right? right. I don't really want to talk about this game, but uh, like how, how you can go in and, and lose to a rookie quarterback there, uh, and then you're going to try and have a get-right game here the next week against Patrick Mahomes, and you've got your – you know what, forty-year-old quarterback coming coming back in here. Um, right. Yeah. You know, what, what what was the game? Was it earlier on the season? Was it the the Ravens game? Uh, where actually, I think that uh, the Ravens were favored. Right. It was it was it was a close spread here, and the Chiefs were going on the road Against to play. Kansas City, and yeah. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kansas City, Baltimore. Um, and basically, it just you know, when that came out, I felt like KC was the right side the entire time, um, and they, they ended up doing really well. So, um, Chiefs look good, uh, despite 
giving the ball up. Um, so I'm going to jump on them minus the three. Uh, and we'll see how we'll see how Drew looks um, coming right back here because I think they're going to have to, uh, you know, get him kind of reacclimated. Uh, Thomas isn't playing um, as well, so it's just you know throw to Smith and and Sanders and and try and keep up with the other squad. Right. So. The one thing to look at here, and obviously, um, it that we know what that new Orleans defense can do. And I think that is the biggest, uh, was the biggest shocker to me of all of that is how poorly new Orleans defense played. And maybe they were looking ahead to this week, but, uh, the chiefs right now, two of their offensive tackles, Mike Remmers and Eric Fisher, Remmers doubtful Fisher questionable, uh, for this one. If they don't have that either of them, um, that could be some cause for concern against that front for new Orleans. Um, but you know, Again, I just think that this Kansas City team is so explosive on offense um, that it's going to be hard to contain them. And again, if this was a playoff game, I might lean defense, but you're in a dome, um, and I think that's just going to help the talented wide receivers that they have there. Um, I'm not jumping on this with you, but if I'm if I'm gonna lean, it's gonna be with the the Chiefs in this one. Uh, it's just again that line is just a little bit too fishy for me, and there is something about Drew Brees coming back that I think might buoy the whole team um, down there in the Big Easy. So I'm I'm a little hesitant to jump on board, but like I said, I do lean with you to the Chiefs. All right, the tease of the week here. This has been quite the tease as of late, but let's start with the first part here. Miami and New England. All right. Right now, uh, two-and-a-half-point line, the Dolphins favored in this one. The over-under set, I wrote the tease line down here, so I'm going to go It's uh, 42, 42, is it, or is it 42-and-a-half? Greg, you going to six-point tease? or? I I get it. Uh, Forty-one and a half okay. is the number that I have. So we're gonna bump up. We're doing a seven-pointer. So it's forty-eight and a half is what I'm saying. Uh, it just—I mean, who in the heck is Miami trotting out on offense? By the way, I'm, I'm seeing like it, the Gasecki uh, injury looked bad, and that's been a guy he's really had a good rapport with. Tua has. Um, I haven't seen final word. The last I saw him was questionable. Uh, but I would be surprised if he. Well, I'm not a doctor, so I shouldn't really be weighing in here. But <laughs> but I'll um, play so one on got, this podcast. <laughs> exactly. But we got him, Ahmed. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gaskins is out for COVID still. So then the backup is playing. Um, Devontae Parker is going to be out as well. Jakeem Grant. It looks like all these guys are basically like on the fringe. And then you got the Patriots who straight up won't throw the ball. When was the last time that Cam Newton threw for more than a hundred yards? When was the last time he threw for more than 90 yards? Right. Um, so they, they just keep pounding the ball. Even when they were down last week uh, to the Rams, like they, they wouldn't air it out. It was just more run, 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 run. Yeah, and I think that game, though, that final score wasn't indicative of, of that game because it was a little closer. They they couldn't get any offense going, and then, of course, Cam Newton went out. 
Um, but you bring up a good point. Don't forget that was a that was the Thursday night game last week. So it has been a little extra rest here for the Patriots coming into this one. Um, but I agree with you. And one of the things I was thinking here, right? Flores is a disciple or a descendant. I don't know what's an appropriate word here of uh, Belichick. So how much mm-hmm. do you think this is a little gamesmanship with so many players listed uh, as questionable on this injury report from Miami as a little bit of a, of a nod or a wink to uh, Belichick who puts everybody as questionable on the injury report. I loved it. I think that's them playing games with each yeah, other. Yeah, that, that, that is, if they come back, that would be a cute little move, right? If yeah. if they're all out, then it's just like, oh, they were all out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that no, that's total, total Belichick move. Uh, and he's, he's got – more so against, I think he's got good numbers against his um, guys that he's promoted that have moved on. Uh, but it's also the numbers against rookie quarterbacks, right? So if if it was Fitzpatrick going out there, I might feel a little bit differently. Um, but I, I think they're gonna they're gonna be able to really take advantage of the limitations of the other team's quarterbacks. So with that, being um, so said, I think I think it'll be. Yeah. With with that being said, then do we like a play here on? On uh, the Pats. Well, if you so a very real possibility, right? You want to tease the Pats up to eight and a half, and you mm. want to tease the under to forty-eight and a half. It's it's tasty. I I, I've got that. no issue with it. Oh, I love that. Give me the Pats plus eight and a half. I got to find the second half of my tease with my. Oh, maybe I'll make it my lovable losers. But uh, actually, probably Denver would go best with that one. I might I might have to do yes. that. Yep. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, that way you nice get a little starter, Saturday night juice. Yes. Very interesting there. Uh, no, I look, I think it's going to be hard for the Dolphins to score. I think it has been hard for the Dolphins to score. Um, I don't think that Tua is everything he's cracked up to be right now. I think he's still getting a little too much praise. Um, even last week in garbage time, when they were talking about Tua with the comeback uh, against the Chiefs, I was like, man, this game is out of reach. You can't, it's not the same defense that he's playing over there. So to exalt exactly. somebody in that situation, which I've seen happen way too many times, um, is just, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I've seen him just be a little off on throws, a little late. And it, you know, one of the things they were talking about it, with Drew Brees coming back to go back for a second is just the difference when you're able to lead a guy versus throw the ball on him, right? There's like three different levels of this. And I know sometimes with the option routes, when you think a guy's going to sit down versus go over the middle, it does change things up a little bit here. But when you are, um, when when you are throwing behind a wide receiver who's running a route that they could score a touchdown on, you know, that that's the difference between a touchdown and maybe not scoring on that drive. Or you throw a ball that's right on him and he gets tackled, but because he can't he has to slow down and can't keep his stride. That's what makes Drew Brees so good is that he hits the guy, especially a guy like Alvin Kamara on the run. That's what makes Patrick Mahomes so good. So you might hit somebody um, and 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 they might have the catch and you don't realize it, but Tua is one of those guys that I see doing that, that his receivers don't always look like they're getting it in full motion the way they need to be. And for me, that's a red flag when you're looking at an NFL quarterback. Um, and as you said, Bill Belichick is the master at exploiting that. If he can exploit Justin Herbert, right, 
And that coaching, I think Flores has, has a little bit better coaching, you know, over there in Miami. Yeah, obviously. Um, by the way, you got to love the move of the Chargers icing their own kicker last night. That was that was gold. Everything, everything that was wrong with that situation and, and the Chargers, you felt bad. I heard somebody say that it's child abuse to have Justin Herbert under that coaching staff. I was like, I love it. Some, somebody called Child Protective Services, which was the line of the week. I think I heard it on CBS radio, so... Uh, shout out to whoever that uh, just, was. Sorry, I can't remember. One more thing to tack on with the two uh, um, bet against was they he, the quarter that he's being praised for, the half that he's being praised for is when they were struggling at Cincinnati, right? And then they came out and had a good second half there. It's freaking Cincinnati. Right. right. Like you better you better be able to have a good half. Right. The fact that you only have half of a good game there is is, is pretty damning. And so, it's not and it's not just like, the Cincinnati game. I'm talking about Greg, too. Also, last week against the Chiefs, even when that game was out of hand, they scored two touchdowns because I think it was. What was it? Going to shell coverage. Right. Yep. Yep. And so it's, yeah. it's just a different thing. Um yeah, that was that, that. That was also part of my Jalen Hurts handicap when he came in and scored a touchdown there in the <laughs> second Uh-oh. half, and, and he really, really stuck it to me there. So um, load up on the Dolphins. Cool. <laughs> um, what else do we got? All oh, right, the, the, the second, second half, half of your tease, right? The mighty Indianapolis Colts. Listen, man, they threw me for a loop with what they were able to do uh, last week. Just absolutely um, run the ball all over Oakland, even though they knew it was coming. Um, but I was a little concerned about their defense after watching that game. Um, you know, they seemed like they weren't able to to stop anything that Oakland was doing. This week, they're uh, facing the Texans, who they just faced, and that was a close game. Uh, came down to the wire. Texans were driving for what would have been the game-winning score, but they fumble going in, and uh, obviously the Colts hold on. So what do you think is different this week? Uh, you know, I think that that is a good wake-up call, and I, I like how they're – I like how they're getting well-rounded, right? So they're starting to run the ball effectively and then run the ball effectively. They Not only do they do that, like it, Rivers has really kind of brought that Chargers, like I'm going to use Naheem Hines like I used Austin Eckler, and now he's got a real thumper there with Jonathan Taylor that, that you know, when they do get ahead, they can just continue to tack things on. So – I have never been a huge Rivers fan, but I just like the balance that they've created there. Uh, and when you do have that, right, I think, you know, you kind of snuck out of that last game, that Texans game with the win. You, you can't take them lightly, right? So you would think that they could take Houston lightly after they just got smoked last week. But I think that close game that they had with them previously is going to keep their eye on the prize and realize, hey, we can't keep we can't take Houston lightly because if they would just not fumble the ball on the four yard line, uh, we might be in a different scenario. So I think that keeps them grounded. It's just to win the game. Right. So it's another situation of just to win the game. I think. Uh, the Colts squandered a ton of opportunities to pull ahead um, against the Texans two weeks ago, uh, which kept that game a little bit um, closer than maybe it should have been. And Houston's really not playing for anything. Like, I think they'll get up for this division game. I wouldn't lay the seven and a half. 
Um, but I, I just like, what, what do they have to play for? And quite frankly, it was a huge miss once, once I found out that I got off of Houston. Cause I think that was something we talked about last week that maybe we would want to look at. And thankfully I got off of it once I found out that that cooks was out right. as well. But like, he, he should be coming back, so we'll have some weapons to play to. I just don't see what they have to play for. I hear you. All right. So the tease is the under in the Pats and uh, Dolphins and the outright win by the uh, Indianapolis Colts. So that's the two-team tease for you. All right. We end this week. I told you losers was the theme. So this is the biggest hold-your-nose bet of the week, maybe the century. The winless Jets head to L.A. to take on the Rams. Greg is holding his breath because he's trying not to crack up over here. Getting 17 and a half points against the Rams. Okay, so I am going to play on the New York Jets here, and here's why. Because they look so good against Seattle on that opening drive and managed to take a 3 nothing lead. No, it has nothing to do with that. Uh, first of all, they cut their kicker who missed uh, two other field goals in that game, which would have made that final score a little bit more respectable. I can't say any of this with a straight face. The Jets are a terrible team, okay? They are an absolutely abysmal team. But teams get – I saw a stat. This is from uh, the Score app, so i got to give credit where it's due. Teams getting 17 points or more, all right, uh, are 9-0 and against the spread in Week 11 or later, okay, since 1991. They are 15-6 overall. So, still six losses in there, so why the Jets this week? They are going to Sam Darnold's home, and I think that Sam Darnold, regardless of what you think of his play as a quarterback, I think that the team likes him, and I think that they're going to try for him, right? They're going to give it the, they're going to try and get their man a win at, at on the road if they can, you know. They're, it's not going to happen, but they're going to try for him. They also didn't have their full complement of wide receivers last week. That's supposed to be better this week. Also, I know they're playing a much better defense in the Rams, but the Rams, this is the perfect look ahead spot for them as they have extra rest, right? So they're a little bit down, they're patting themselves on the back. How good was everything? And next week, they play the Seattle Seahawks, which is basically a game for the division, right? If you look at it like that. So, with all of those factors being said, and then the other thing is this Jets team, say what you want, I know that game. That score was what it was, and, and they could lose this game by 40, right? And it wouldn't surprise me, but they are fighting, right? They just might be outmatched, but they haven't quit, and I like that. I'm hoping that some of the younger running backs get the ball because this is a, if, if when you start to play guys now who are looking for a job, right, that might not be looking for a job next year with the Jets but want to just put something on display. So you give these running backs like Adams out of Notre Dame uh, a shot or P. Ryan, LaMichael P. Ryan, a chance to run the ball. I think that they play, they run a little harder because they're not just playing for this year. They're looking at beyond this year. Um, and I think when some of those factors come in, and also the Rams' offense hasn't been anything stellar. Let's not forget, even in that win against New England, seven of those points came on defense. So if there's a spot where an offense might struggle to put up enough points to cover a 17-and-a-half point spread, I think that's this week with the Rams. So 
I'm saying it. 17 and a half points. Take the New York Jets against the Rams this week. Greg, mortgage payment. Go for it, man. Listen, I'm 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 riding with the Jets this week. I'm right. They got three chances, right? They got three more chances to win one game. That's it. That's it. I I have nothing to say. And I love that. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh brother, it's a it's a great way to you. You said your theme was losers, and so you you didn't you didn't underwhelm. You can't go with a bigger loser than the New York Jets this season. But as we always say on this podcast, it's not whether you win or lose; it's whether or not you cover the spread. And I think those losers this week will be covering the spread. So to recap for you one more time here. Greg likes the Vikings and Chiefs, both minus three. I'm going head-to-head with him on the Vikings. I'll take the Bears plus the three. The tease for the week is Miami and New England under 48 and a half, and the Colts pick them. I'll take Denver on Saturday night football plus five and a half against the Bills. If you want a little sprinkle on the under there, I like that as well. Uh, Jacksonville plus 14 against the Ravens, and of course, the loser of the week, the New York Jets, will cover 17 and a half against the L.A. Rams. Greg, any last, uh, last messages for the fans before we head out here? Uh, happy holidays. Enjoy some Christmas Day football next week. When, do, when are we going to do the, the pod? Are we, we going to do that on, on Christmas, Christmas night? Oh, man. That we got to talk about that. I think I think we could make that work. That seems like a lovely night. What what better to give out some gifts, right? After you've opened uh, all of your presents around the tree, have a few more. Oh look, there's a stocking full of picks. I think that's the way we should do it. <laughs> <laughs> the stocking is underrated. Yeah, so that's... the the stocking is underrated, is it not? Yeah, man, you can get some. Uh, I think, yeah, if you're if you're looking for like a jewelry or a nice watch or something, that that that'd be hanging out in the uh, the stocking. I feel like it's always an afterthought, but some of the best presents end up in the stocking. I got a sweet uh, 1993 Phillies uh, ring uh, that I always used to to thoroughly enjoy. It was like a a, a National League. Um, National League winning ring. It was like a replica, and that was wow. in the old stocking. That was pretty. That was pretty dope. Nice. All right, we want to know your best yeah. stocking present. Put it on the Facebook page or the Instagram page. What's the best present you ever got in a stocking? Uh, and if you want, you want to make somebody happy, maybe fold up one of these picks, uh, or you know, throw it in the stocking there. That won't work because they tell them to look in it now. If you do that, make sure they open it before the weekend. Otherwise, it's going to be too late (laughs) after Christmas. Anyway, on that note, happy holidays, everyone. For Greg Hoyle, I'm Joe Masiri. Remember, especially this week, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Don't forget to check out the Instagram page for Chris Portente's Wingfoot Lock of the Week. 3-0 as we go down the stretch. He's finishing at 70%. That's it. No questions. It's happening. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the football games. Talk to you next week.